The following is a sponsored program on 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM. The views, information, or opinions expressed during this program are solely those of the individuals or participants involved and do not necessarily represent those of Braden Madison Broadcasting or its employees. 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday morning at 10 AM. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlight, Jeff Shannon. Well, good morning and welcome to Sumner County Spotlight. Your host, Jeff Shannon, on another Sunday morning. And as always, we try to get some very unique guests coming in here, and especially if they have a, a great tie to Sumner County. We happen to find Adam Warner. Now, if you haven't heard his name yet, get ready because you're going to. I mean, you've just been everywhere. I've just seen, you know, you're on Nashville Insider and done all these the different shows and things like that. Give us a rundown of who you are, some background, let everybody know what's yeah, going on. Absolutely. Yeah, like you said, my name's Adam. Uh, actually, I grew up in southeastern Illinois, uh, a little town called Lawrenceville. Both sides of my family are farmers. When I was young, we were farming about 5,000 acres. And then uh, older I got, got out of high school and whatnot, that kind of got sold off because it got to be too much to manage for my dad and grandpa without having me as the hired hand, I guess, or the mm-hmm. runner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, grew up on a farm there. And then um, once I got out of high school, I ended up uh, joining the Marine Corps, spent some time in the Marine Corps. And then um, when I got out of the Marines, I wanted to use my GI Bill. I visited a bunch of different schools, wound up in uh, at MTSU in Murfreesboro. And uh, I just, it was one of those things, it was before Murfreesboro kind of exploded, you know, and, and just became yeah, as yeah. huge as it is. And I was just looking around campus and I, you know, I went to Tuscaloosa, I went to UT, got to UT and realized that I'd probably fell out in about two or three weeks. <laughs> so uh, when I got to the MTSU campus, I was like, yeah, this is, this is more my speed and I can, I can get the job done here in four and get out. So that's uh, how I kind of ended up in this Murfreesboro area. I met my wife when I was in college and then uh, she's from uh, Gallatin. So, okay. Uh, we we came here uh, once we graduated. Sure, that's uh, what 2010. 20 well, yeah, yeah. Uh, 2010 as start and then graduated in uh, 14. So were you doing music all along? You know, um, here and there as much as I could. You know, in the Marine Corps um, as far as time goes, mm-hmm. and then in college, uh, yes, but not not really as like taking it as it was something I could pursue as a career. It was just something I enjoyed. You know, songwriting and that type of thing, and then. Once I got out of school, uh, I'd written a few songs and just um, played them for a friend of mine who's now my manager. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, man, I didn't even know you could do this. And I was like, well, I mean, it's just <laughs> writing stuff down, I guess. I don't know. He played it for uh, one of his buddies and did not tell me who it was. Wanted to introduce me to him uh, afterwards. And it was at a Titans football game. So, you know, I'm fresh out of college and I didn't have any money. And he was like, hey, you want to go to the Titans game? And I was like, well, yeah, let's go. He goes, cool. I got somebody I want you to meet. And uh, we get there and uh, he's kind of taking me through, you know, the back tunnels or whatever. I'm like, what in the heck are we doing? <laughs> Where are you taking me? And then uh, long story short, uh, it ended up being Trace Atkins. And um, I was super intimidated. He was like, are you the boy that wrote those songs? And I was like... <laughs> good impression that was great <laughs> i mean he does have a you know one of those unique oh I mean, man. you hear it you you know that's that's trace that's absolutely yeah, and he's such a nice guy man he's, he's a little me. little fella isn't he? oh yeah just yeah. Oh, only i think six seven or something like that <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so I mean, it's great when you get, you know, those kind of connections and, yeah. and a lot of people say, well, you're overnight sensation, but they don't realize how yeah. long it takes to even get noticed by somebody. Oh man. You know, you know it's a, it's a 10 year town is, is what I was always said. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I've, I've been as a professional 
professional musician and i'd say we're about eight years in seven and a half eight years in mm-hmm. and uh, i mean it's i mean it's still a grind it's a you know it's a job like anything else you got to wake up go sharpen your tools and and, mm-hmm. and you know write songs and hopefully they're good ones and hit the road running so i would ask so what does it take for somebody to get where you are right now i would just say persistence more than anything and and you're gonna you're gonna hear the word no a lot and i think being in the marines mentally kind of you know made me a little bit tougher where you know when i hear the word no for the a hundredth millionth time it's Mm -hmm. you don't get shut down and i'm gonna quit type of thing yeah so um, that's what i would say because i can promise you one thing is if you do quit that's the one surefire way you're never gonna make it exactly so um i would just say again keep in mind 10-year town and and gut it out and just and just keep doing what you love i mean remember why why it was that you got into it for the in the first place sure and you know a lot of the young people getting into it you know they think well you really make it when you can play on broadway well (laughs) and they got to experience that at some point sure yeah you got to cut your teeth somewhere and i mean as far as getting in front of people and learning how to work a crowd i mean it's it is great for that but also broadway's tough gig man i mean you're not really playing your music you're you're playing everybody else that already has a career so yeah you know i always say writers rounds are great for for up-and-coming artists because it's a chance for you to get in front of uh, people introduce them to you as an artist and your music sure and see what works and see what doesn't because i mean i trust me i've written songs where i was like oh this is going to be a smash this is great this is great and then i can't wait to play it and then when i play it i'm just kind of like the crickets feeling you know it's like <laughs> i can't believe people aren't reacting as much as yeah, you know right and there's always the song you're, you know you don't think that's going to be that and then you play it not even thinking and that's the one people love so sure go figure well it's like you hear some of these great songs and you know i see some of the up-and-comers come in and i i hear these songs and i'm going why is that not being played no. you know i mean it's a great track and everything else but it's, it's you got to play the game you got to and i mean that's I, that's a perfect example like uh trace and i were talking about i think it was um came here to live maybe I, I can't remember if it was that or um i think it was came here to live but anyway he thought that should be like you know just the smash off the the album mm-hmm. i don't even know if it became a single until like well after the album was out so have you performed with him i have yeah yeah i, I toured with trace uh at the end of his tour in 2018 uh the start of 19 and then um of course uh once covid kind of came around everything shut down anyway yeah. but yeah, he's helped me a bunch, man. He's I, I, I owe Trace a lot, a lot of advice, a lot of a good, hey, watch this, this is how it's done type of thing. And, uh, man, he's he's a stand-up guy. I, I can't say enough about him. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's he just got such a unique voice. And when you yeah. when you hear his music, there's just no oh, question. Yeah. It's like, who is that? Right, <laughs> exactly. I mean, he's, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Now, have you done anything on the Opry yet? You know, I've played at the Opry. I have not played an Opry gig. Okay. Um, I've done uh, this CMA country, Sunday morning country, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done that two times now, and then I did a veterans thing with Rhonda Vincent this year. Okay. Um, and that was a lot of fun. But, I mean, either way, Opry gig or not, I mean, you step out on that stage, it still gives you goosebumps yeah. regardless. I mean, it's kind of a I can't believe I'm standing here a moment. Well, it's just like, you know, when you go into the Ryman for the first time, oh, yeah. it's, you get this feeling that just ingrates into you, and it's like, wow. It's amazing. How many great things have happened right here in this building? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, some of the greatest people of all time. All time. Yeah, it's such a cool feeling. Yeah, and if you can, you know, just take that and run with it, I think it's just like anything. You just never know that, that one person is going to hear something you're doing or something you wrote. It clicks with them. Right. No, that's 100% correct. But that's why you you just got to keep plugging away. Exactly. You know, if you're you're a great writer, 
just keep on writing, right? You know, and 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 pitch it. I mean, sure, the business is not what it used to be. Sure, on yeah. Music Row, it's it's totally changed a, a whole lot. I think everybody now is just looking and see what your social media hits are and your followers, and because mm-hmm. that's pretty much uh, doing the work that they used to do. Right. No, and you're 100 <laughs> percent correct. I mean, that's one of the first I've had multiple label meetings and it's like well what's your tiktok following look like and i was like well i don't know but i mean you know you can sign these young 16 and 18 year old kids with a giant tiktok following but how many crowds have they played in front of how many songs have they written you know so i i kind of always go back and my manager and i we always butt heads about not really butt heads but we have this conversation a lot and and we're both in agreement with at this point i think it it comes back to the song i was uh listening to uh struggle jennings on a podcast the other day and uh, you know he had a number one on billboard and dropped the same time like i want to say it was like drake and Nicki minaj or somebody and you know there's millions of dollars behind these people yeah he had not one dollar invested into this song other than recording it and it went and it went number one wow and he was like see you know the people speak yeah <laughs> Well, I remember when we first moved here, we lived down the street from Struggle. And of course, at that point, I didn't really know who he was. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? I I kept seeing the, you know, the show bus out there with the, you know, the big S the big on the S side on, of it. Yeah. I'm going, okay, well, I just never got a, a, a chance to, to go hang out. And, and then they end up moving a year or two later. But, you know, I think it's, you just never know. Mm-hmm especially here in Sumner County with the, the amount of history we have musically uh, you never know who you're going to run into. You can be in Walmart, you know. Oh, absolutely. You might see some other things in there, but <laughs> you, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, that's hilarious. But yeah, so, all right, so you got a, a few recent uh, tracks you've been been working on. What what are those called? Yeah. Okay, so the new, just released one called uh, Split a Beer, um, and that song to me, that was one of my favorite songs that I've ever written. We were at a writer's retreat on my family farm, and uh, I wrote that song uh, about my grandpa. And uh, man, how that song came about, too, is just such a cool story. Um, I'll give you the short version. <laughs> we were all sitting around. Uh, we'd been writing till like 3 in the morning. This is the next day. And uh, it was probably around 10 or 11 a.m. And uh, one of my co-writers, uh, Taylor Goyette, was asking me about my grandfather because we were so close. And, you know, I was just telling him, you know, the last weekend I spent with him, I was like, was in this room. And I was like, and I'm sitting in the chair he was sitting in and you're sitting in the chair I was sitting in. And I go, man, this is the last place we split a beer. And as soon as I said it, like it all of us just looked at each other. <laughs> and then my friend Mark uh, Addison Chandler, who's also my co-producer on my album, uh, he was like, don't anybody say another word. And he like grabbed his guitar. He said, I'll be right back. And he walked outside for like five minutes and came back in. And he goes, I don't know what the words are yet, but this is the melody. And uh, I was like, man, I love that. And everybody kind of, you know, we all agreed. So, you know, a couple hours later, that song just, it really kind of just wrote itself. I mean, it was, it was pretty, pretty special. I'm just so fascinated how uh, tunes have, they just come to you like that. And, you know, I've asked other artists and songwriters on this program that what inspired it? You know what I mean? It could be, you could be walking down the street and see something all of a sudden, boom, there it is. It's crazy. And I mean, that's why I always have to keep my phone with me and I have the notepad open at all times just so I can, if I see something, I got to write it down. And I can't tell you how many songs, um, especially for me anyway, that have come just from hearing conversation. One of the first times I got to play the Opry stage for uh, Sunday Morning Country there during CMAs was from the same thing. We wrote a song called Someone God Can Use and I go to church at Long Hollow Baptist and uh, that was literally the last thing the pastor said. And I kind of looked at my wife and she looked at me and she's kind of giving me that, please don't pull your phone out in church look. And I was like, no, nah, I got to, I'll, I'll forget. 
and I wrote, you know, wrote that down. And no kidding, the next Monday, that was the first time I met Mark, my co-writer for this album, and uh, we wrote that song. And then two weeks later, I played it uh, on that on the Opry stage or at the Opry House. Well, I'll tell you, if, if you listen to Robbie long enough, you're going to get some things from him. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he, he's, yeah he's great. He is amazing. The stuff yeah. he comes up with. I mean, yeah. he just such a powerful speaker. He so. is. I love his story too. Just he's just very inspirational person. Just to see what he's overcome to get to where sure. he's at now. And, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed yeah. it. Now, there was uh, something big happened to you back in 2018. I guess you uh, started working with the Titans a little bit? Yeah, yeah. We yeah. wrote a song called Welcome to the South. And uh, the Titans, uh, they used to play it as the visiting team would run out onto the field. There's been some changes made there, so <laughs> I don't believe they use the song anymore. But, uh, man, that was such a cool experience. And kind of the same way that song came about, I was on my way to a song, right? My manager called me and said, hey, I know the Titans uh, are looking for a new song. You, got, you should try to write Right one. I was just like, okay, no pressure. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I've played sports kind of my whole life and just started tossing around ideas. And I was just like, man, this needs to be an anthem type of thing. And then, bam, just somehow, welcome to the South. I was like, South and House rhyme. <laughs> so <laughs> we can we can write something around that. Well, it, I'll tell you, it's a true art form to be able to take words and and put them into a song like that to tell a story right. to inspire to you know you just give people a roller coaster to go by mm-hmm. and a lot of people say oh, I don't like country music well it's real life yeah you're living real life and this is talking about it I agree I, mean? I agree so it's it, it's something I think uh, is so powerful and if you really get into words mm-hmm. you know and learning how to use those words in a way to tell that story mm-hmm. uh, I, I have a lot of respect for you guys oh, well, doing I that. It. I think it's really cool too, and I agree with you. That's that's one thing. Like you know, I kind of grew up on uh, southern rock and just rock music in general, and of course country. But um, as I got older, that's what really what attracted me to country music the most was just once I started listening to what was being said, I was like, golly, these stories. You know, like you can see them. You know, like mm-hmm. as they're singing it, you can just picture what's going on, right. and I think that's cool. Well, you know, country music's changed a lot over the years. Some people don't like it. Mm-hmm. Some people are embracing it. But you've shared the stage with a lot of, of great artists. And we're yeah. going to, when we come back, we're going to talk more about that. Awesome. And again, we'll be back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program heard each and every Sunday right here on WHIN. Or you can listen on our podcast page at whinradio.com. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this program, reach out to me, Jeff Shannon, at jeff at whinradio.com. Welcome back to Summer County Spotlight. Uh, right here with Jeff Shannon. And we've been talking with Adam Warner, singer-songwriter extraordinaire. <laughs> we'll throw that in there like that. That and sounds great. Of course, Adam's uh, you know been working the, the gigs uh, for some time now and starting to get noticed. And it doesn't happen overnight. No, it, it's definitely a process. And uh, like we were talking in between, you know, it's like those uh, quote-unquote overnight successes are uh, a lot of times 10 to 12 years in the making. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a grind. Now, would you agree that it's probably in this business primarily in other businesses as well, but it's all who you know? Oh, yeah. Relationships are a big thing. And, um, you know, again, as we were, we were talking earlier, I wouldn't have got any of my opportunities if it wasn't for artists who are further along than me giving me a chance. And I think that's what's so important about networking and writing with certain people, because you never know who's in that circle. You know, you're, you write a killer song and mm-hmm. regardless of who records it or if it ever gets recorded, you know, that person goes back and tells somebody in their band, man, I just wrote with X, Y, and Z. They're, you know, golly, we need to get them on board with, you know, whoever. And uh, I mean, you just get a phone call one day and, you know, we were saying I, at the time, if I had first started music, I might've had three singles or 
songs, not even singles. Mm-hmm. And uh, my manager took me to see Rhonda Vincent at the Texas Troubadour Theater. Yeah, she, uh, you know, sweet as can be, as, as she always is. And we were backstage, and she's just like, well, would you like to would you like to play a song? And I was like, <laughs> well, I was trying so hard to get out of that one. I was, I was so nervous. And, uh, but anyway, ended up going up and playing one song. And do you uh, remember what song that was? It was rowdy as Randall. It was the, I was, it was a solo, right? One of the first songs I'd ever written. And, uh, so I still play it in my set. I like that song. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. She gave me one of my first opportunities and then, uh, also let me open a show for her and, uh, Daryl Singletary at uh third and lindsley as well and uh man oh. that was that was awesome yeah if you shared the stage with some uh, pretty fancy people here you got lee bryce and oh, jamie yeah. johnson oh yeah yeah god's yeah. good man he's, he's blessed me you know it's another thing too is a lot of praying goes on and uh got to work hard got to pray hard but um it's it's been a blessing you know to share the stage with you know jamie's always been a hero of mine he's you know was in the marine corps and then obviously it's gonna in my opinion gonna be a country music hall of fame songwriter one day mm-hmm. and um just just so talented man just uh it's humbling really is like you think you're ready and you're gonna i'm ready i'm ready i'm ready and then you watch one of those guys play and you're like okay i got work to do (laughs) (laughs) well just keep uh keep plugging away for sure but you know hooking up with trace i mean had to be like you said before it had one of the pinnacle moments of your career at this point absolutely and you know and it was one of those things too we we hit it off so well and i feel like he guided me through the through how to be a entertainer not just an artist that goes and plays and sings songs because you know from the moment he walks out on stage like i mean he's he's got everybody got in the, the swagger oh uh, yeah i mean he's just got this swag about him and i mean yeah. he's got the whole house in the palm of his hand until lights go up till lights go down i don't i mean you can't learn any better than just watching stuff like that sure. day and you know night in and night out well how we can go from you know badonka donk and you know all these the right. bar songs and go to you're gonna miss this one of the great songs Man. i cannot stop ever listening to that song that's such a what a powerful song. message that has it know? is that's yeah that's that's a beautiful song every time he plays that one i'm just like god but here's here's my question. Can you hang with Trace on the low register? You know, you, I've you're, tried. You're pretty low there. <laughs> I've, I'm low, but <laughs> that man, I'm telling you, his low, low note, I don't even know if they make a key on the keyboard <laughs> you know, for that one. I've tried, man, uh, but no, I can't I can't get near as low as him. Um, a good example of that one is uh, Whipper Wheels and Freight Trains. Oh, yeah. Wow. On the back end of that song, the last note he sings, I don't even know how it gets down there. It's just, <laughs> and it's not auto-tuned. No, <laughs> that's the real deal right there. I've heard him do it live. <laughs> so back in 2020, um, you, you did a live stream series, did yeah. you not? Yeah. Yeah, so when COVID hit, um, one of the biggest things, you know, for me, a lot of I was watching a lot of guys have to move home, band guys, you know, that have been here for 10 plus years playing playing gigs and for me you know um i look at my crew as my family you know they take care of me so i want to take care of them you know my manager and i were trying to figure out a way to keep everybody busy you know because everything was obviously shut down and man we had meeting after meeting and i remember we're you know been sitting there for four or five hours and i looked down at my watch and i was like dude i was like i'm not trying to be rude but i was like it's beer 30 for me i was like i'm gonna have to get out of here and he literally just like stood up and goes that's it and i was like what and he goes beer 30 with adam warner and friends i was like great that's a pretty good name actually and that's kind of where it started and uh you know we got the band together and uh did live streaming at soundcheck in nashville and I'd bring in my friends and we'd just kind of talk like we're talking and 
play some songs That's and, it. Wow. and uh it went really it, it, it did really well um especially during the the covet times and and uh, it was fun to do kept my guys busy kept me busy and i think the biggest thing was you know it gave people kind of a relief from watching the news for a while sure. oh absolutely so recording things what what's your your latest the current single you have current single is my title track uh off my current album it's called what we're known for and that one just came out golly i think it was the 17th of december okay so. and um doing good we're almost i think we're at a half a million streams all right and well uh, hey good a time as any let's take time right now yeah let's take a listen let's rock adam warner <laughs> right now let's check him out Till it's done Even if that means we work till it goes back down Money's gotta get made Them hundreds go in the bank Save a few for the tank So we can take it on out of town When that weekend rolls around We got them girls looking hot sun Feet on the dash looking backwards back With a DJ spins her favorite song Rack full of shotguns Flags in the bed, talking blue, white, red, and don't you tread on me. Swampers on that four by four, muddy water coming through that door. Empty bottle rolling on the floorboard. That's what we're known for. We're known for church with our mamas, getting closer to God. And singing by that old rugged cross. Then it's lunch with the family, getting back into camps. Headed out there in the woods to get lost With them girls looking hot sun Feet on the dash, looking backwards bad With a DJ spins her favorite song Rack full of shotguns Flags in the bed, talking blue, white, red And don't you tread on me Swampers on that four by four Muddy water coming through that door King James laying on the floorboard That's what we're known for All right, there you go, folks. Uh, Adam Warner with his uh, latest, What We're Known For. And you can pick that up on your website, can you not? Absolutely, yeah. Adam Warner Music or Adam Warner uh, is country.com. And same on social media platforms. Okay. It's just Adam Warner Music. Yeah, and you, you've got a lot of videos up there as well. Oh, yeah. 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 We try to do a video for almost every single we put out because uh, everybody, I feel like, is it's a visual audience. They want to see it. So uh, that's what I try to do. Yeah, and you'll recognize him. He's got the hair. You know, he's got some, <laughs> got some trace hair going. You know, oh, yeah. that's <laughs> good. <laughs> I remember working uh, with Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh yeah, back Billy when Achy Breaky came out. Oh yeah, and of course he had the the massive mullet going on there, and that hair. I'm telling you, he because he liked to dance a lot. Oh yeah, and that stuff would fly all over the place, but. You know, of course, he's got a different kind of look going on now. Yeah, he's trying to grow his hair out like me, it looks like. <laughs> yeah, that's great. But nobody can match William Lee Golden, though. He's, he's mm-hmm. the beard. You know? Oh, yeah. But, 
So what do you got coming up in the future here? What does the future hold for you? Yeah, so we actually uh, just got out of the studio, uh, recorded six new songs for next year, and then in January 8th, I'm back on the road heading to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. I'll be out there for, I think, about 10 days. Maybe. If, yeah, might it might be, be longer. It might get stuck, exactly. <laughs> They're known for some snow. <laughs> yeah, you, you were saying it was like, what, 12 feet? 12 feet already. And yeah. we were crying over two inches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shut down. Yeah, they, they uh, <laughs> man, it's crazy. I, I've been in snowstorms out there, and they handle it. I guess they're just used to it. They handle it so well. They don't. It's, it's nothing. They'll get three, four feet in an hour, and they're just like it's off the roads. Yeah, the after people lunch. come here and they go, "This is not snow. That that is, is snow. snow. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not going to find you for days. <laughs> right. What kind of touring schedule you got planned? You know, um, right now we're trying to focus in, do some uh, more music festivals, uh, mm-hmm. county fair, that type of stuff, state fairs. I feel like for me, I, I think that's how I get the most, grab the most fans is be able to, to go to the small towns like I grew up in and capture them one, t- one fan at a time. And then um, especially, uh, you know, the music festivals are a lot of fun. We got mm-hmm. to play one in Vegas uh, last last year or no, it was this year soon to be last year called uh, life is beautiful and uh, man that was whew, that was a blast i think there's like 120,000 people there wow. or something like that is yeah. crazy yeah i mean that's that's great to get in front of an audience like that yeah. and you know well i have to give a big shout out to your publicity manager uh, jason ashcraft he's man he is he he's is, on top of it oh he's he is on top of it yeah. i want you to give him a shout out tell him i appreciate you know Absolutely. all the the stuff yeah. he sent over here for you and uh he's on marine too so he's oh, is he? he, okay yeah, he squared well away. maybe you guys might have to split a beer <laughs> we have once or twice <laughs> when you're going into recording are all these tracks are that you guys written together or are you getting writers coming from other areas you know um i have a really good camp i, I kind of stick with my core group of guys just okay. because they know the direction I want to go in and they know what key I sound best in melody wise all that stuff mm-hmm. I mean I'm always down to write you know with other people um, it's, it's not that but when it's for me and I and I, I don't like to say I go into a right thinking like okay I'm writing for me today but um, those guys definitely know like when we get on a song somebody in the room is going to be like alright this is an Adam song you know so that that definitely helps having people that know you know oh, your absolutely. style yeah because it's 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 funny you say that because a lot of times you could listen to artists and you just know that song fits them. Oh yeah, you know it's just a perfect match. You mm-hmm. know, and well, even when you, you're dealing like Lady A's and things yeah. like that, where they're these songs just relate to their voices. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's incredible. Yeah, and I think that's where you're going to get your best your best product too is you know songs that you're in love with and you want to sing. Yeah, I'm not above cutting you know outside cuts. Uh, my buddy Mark and uh, Addison Chandler, he's an army army vet friend of mine and he's co-produced my album and then um josh gallagher he was on the he was on the voice uh i think he was season i can't he's gonna hate me for because i can't remember <laughs> but i do remember the name yeah, yeah he was yeah. he was a top three he's phenomenal he can sing right do the whole thing too and then uh, my buddy taylor goyette and then john codwell we kind of all uh that's kind of like my core group of guys um like i said it's just when you have that relationship with people and, and you know everybody's style and you know what they're strong at it's just uh, it makes it makes life a lot easier sure i don't know absolutely and it helps for the people that are listening mm-hmm. that they can if they hear that song and they just mention your name because of the sound right and that's yeah. that's what you want that's the longevity absolutely. there absolutely now we talked earlier about you know advice for those up-and-coming folks because uh-huh. there look there, there's tons of folks that are out there that want to become something they yeah. want to be a songwriter they want to be you know a musician a, a star you know right you don't want to do that there's a lot of advice being thrown around out there but you've been doing this you know for some time what would be your advice to an up-and-comer what would be the path that you 
advise them to take? I think everybody, you know, music is such a crazy thing. And I think everybody's path is always a little bit different. You know, some people go the voice route and, you know, just can blow the roof off of a building by mm-hmm. just, you know, kind of like a Chris Stapleton. You know, Chris yeah. can walk out on a stage, sit on a bar stool and just melt your face because he's so yeah. good. Yeah. And then there's people that, you know, they they got away with words and they're just phenomenal songwriters. You know, uh, my friend Michael Hardy, he goes by Hardy. I mean, you know, he can pick up a phone book and, and make it rhyme and sound good. You know, and, uh, he, you know, had a so- little song called God's Country that uh, oh, Blake yeah. Shelton, you know, sang. And yeah. So I think with anything, whichever route it is, is, is knowing what it is that you want as an artist. Or, you know, some people, they just want to be a songwriter. Well, if that's the case, then you need to write twice a day, every single day until sure. you get 10,000 hours. And yeah. again, everybody's journey is different. But I think the biggest thing is, you know, who are you is finding out who are you as an artist and, and then just pursuing that and not having you, you can't have a plan b it's got to be that's it and i'm Go. going for it and just know it's going to take time like, like you were saying earlier those overnight successes uh, they're not necessarily an overnight success right. so yep you got to keep pushing it out and, absolutely uh, you know social media has become a real big thing here yeah, lately and absolutely. if you're not on socials you're kind of losing a, yeah. a lot of exposure it's almost a full-time gig. Oh, yeah. I mean, it drives me absolutely insane. I hate TikTok. I can't. <laughs> I mean, it just absolutely drives me bonkers. But yeah. it's unfortunately uh, a part of, uh, you know, again, music business is the key word. Is, and it's a part of the business. I mean, you have to you have to be active. And that's one way of, of growing your fan base. Because I think, you know, the best thing to, to you know, when you're going into this is, is not necessarily a, a record label or, you know, what whoever they're not necessarily buying you or your song they're buying your audience who 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 are we selling music to and and can this person sell tickets sure and uh you know the tiktoks the instagrams the facebooks that's how you build you know that's how you build your audience so it's it's definitely important and a lot of labels that's what they're looking at they're checking your socials and if you don't have the numbers they they're probably not gonna look at you no that's exactly right but you have to make a commitment to, to really get things out there, breaking mm. new songs. I mean, I see some of these artists come on there and they're releasing a new single every week. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I mean, I I understand their thought process. I mean, it's definitely a numbers game for me. I'm just I feel like a song doesn't even really get a chance to survive unless it's like six or eight weeks in. You know, like I like even my song uh, that I just released, what we're known for. I mean, it didn't hit its it hit its first Spotify curated playlist two weeks after it dropped, and then Christmas came, so they changed everything to christmas music and then now they've rechanged it again and it's <laughs> hit two more playlists so it's just like i always say just give it a chance to breathe a little bit see yeah. what happens no yeah put it yeah. out there and start spreading it around hey we've been talking about the adam warner singer songwriter right here in sumner county and the world yeah. uh, soon coming about you can find his music at adam warner is country.com so adam yeah. warner is country one word uh, dot com you can stay uh, up to date with all the, the tour schedule the latest music the merch and uh, you're giving away free teslas or something to pretty soon yeah pretty soon. i'm gonna i'm gonna go do the oprah route and just start saying <laughs> yeah, you get a car you. and you get a tesla yeah <laughs> well man thanks for uh, taking time to come out here and visit with us i know how busy you are and Absolutely. Uh, we definitely appreciate you the best of luck thank uh, you what you got coming up and you're gonna need it because it's gonna be a lot of work oh god yeah. yeah yeah all right so let's wrap up this segment of summer county spotlight we'll be right back with more stick around thanks for listening to summer county spotlight a weekly public affairs program heard each and every sunday right here on whin or you can listen on our podcast page at whinradio.com if you'd like to become a sponsor of this program reach out to me jeff shannon at jeff at whinradio.com
Well, welcome to Sumner County Spotlight. I'm your host, Jeff Shannon, and we're going to uh, have a new guest here in the studio. And I, you, you've probably recognized this name, and you know he's kind of been around here for you know a couple weeks. Uh, anyway, none other than Russ Edwards, man. Thank you for coming in. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, I think you've been a little busy here in the last uh, couple of years, but let's talk about that. But let's also right. give somebody some background, because I know you're a UT guy. Right. And in light of the recent events at the Orange Bowl, I think you're quite happy about that. Yeah. So let's talk to it. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll, I'll back up a little bit. I was born and raised here in Hendersonville, forty-eight over forty-eight years ago, when Hendersonville was just a, just uh, just forming. And uh, I've lived here my entire life, except for when I went to my parents moved to Gallatin when I was a freshman in high school. So I ended up going to Gallatin High School and went to the University of Tennessee at Knoxville. And I met my wife, Sarah, there, and after uh, after I graduated, I moved back here to Hendersonville, and I've been here ever since. Went to law school at the Nashville School of Law, but I've uh, been practicing law uh, since 2003, right here in Hendersonville on Main Street with my father, Mike Edwards, Edwards and Edwards. I thought that attorney. was your son. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not that old. <laughs> No, not that old. And um, but yeah, we went. To, it's, it was a big night, thirty-one to fourteen. We beat the uh, Vols, beat Clemson in the Orange Bowl. So that yeah. was good. That was and good. I was saying earlier, I I was watching all these pictures popping up on mm-hmm. on social media of, of with Peyton Manning with his you know big smile on. He was mm-hmm. totally happy about that. Oh yeah, <laughs> all of us Vols fans are pretty happy. That's today. right. You started practicing law right here in Hendersonville, right? Right from the very beginning. Huh? Right. My and my dad's been practicing here for forty-eight years been practicing here so i went into practice with him and we are in general practice handle a lot of litigation a lot of probate a lot of wills a lot of family disputes and law has changed quite a bit has it not over the years you know and of course you get different laws that you got to totally keep up on Mm because they're always revising and amending and doing things like that so do you have to take like ongoing courses uh, in this? Yeah, it's required for all attorneys to have what's called CLEs, Continuing Legal Education. It's mandated by the Supreme Court every year. We have to have a certain amount. So, yeah, I'm continuing. I always uh, try to stay up to to speed on all the laws. And in general practice, when I'm not, I don't specialize. We don't specialize. Mm -hmm. So you you have to keep abreast of all the different laws. And it's kind of hard to keep up with, but but it's good that we are required to do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's so vast. I mean, people really don't realize, you know, the amount of work that it takes to be an attorney. And I always said, I don't see how y'all do it, especially going through law school and have to go through and read and read and know these cases and you know, have history and all of this, that how you remember this, oh, and so-and-so versus so-and-so back in 1964. Mm-hmm. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, there's, it's, it requires a lot of reading. It's not necessarily as much, uh, you know, a lot. there was a lot of memorization for the bar exam and, and for tests in law school. But now it's it's less remembering the, the actual cases as, as remembering, uh, applying facts to what you, you know mm-hmm. to be the law. And, uh, and so that, that's really what it is, and that's, that's what it boils down to is mm-hmm. trying to help people and trying to fit their facts into the law and see how the law applies to, to their situations. Right. So, yeah, it le- it's less memorization as it right. is trying to. Now, a lot of people, when they start thinking of attorneys, I always think of personal injury attorneys. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's, there's some folks that really specialize in, in doing a lot of that, mm-hmm. but what you do is uh, a lot different. 
Yeah, we do some personal injury. We don't mm-hmm. special that we don't specialize in that. There are a lot of attorneys who just do personal mm-hmm. injury. And we say personal injury, that's any car wrecks. It it can even be slip and fall or workers' compensation. And so we do we do some personal injury and we do um, some workers' compensation. Slip and fall, not so much. Mm-hmm. But uh, even medical mal we don't we don't do I don't do medical malpractice, but uh, but the personal injury that can encompass any kind of medical malpractice. Right. A lot of attorneys just do that. Right. And I had an incident in Florida. I, I lived just down the street from Mr. Morgan. <laughs> and, oh yeah. Uh, so I was in a had a slip and fall thing at a parking lot of a grocery store, and it, it was just recently paved, and then it was wet, and it ended up going down. Because, I guess because the oil and things down on it, but anyway, end up you know going through there, and it was like not that big of a deal. But so I called them, and apparently it didn't meet their criteria as far as the mm-hmm. case they want to take because they're they're looking at how much they can win right. off of it. I'm sure, right? Uh, but it it didn't really go to trial, which was okay with me. It was just you know just thought I'd throw it out there. Yeah, but. those are hard. Slip and falls are really hard. I, I just I don't take them. Um, I, I've had one or two that were that I thought were good, but they're, they're, those are really hard to win. Mm-hmm. Now you're licensed throughout Tennessee, is that right? Yes, in every court in Tennessee, licensed. Wow, how do Supreme. you do that? Well, that that's what when you get licensed by the Supreme Court of Tennessee, you can go into every state court and every county court and city court in the whole state of mm-hmm. Tennessee, and um, also licensed in the uh, federal district court, middle district, so 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 I can appear in that court. Oh, okay. Yeah, is that like when you have to re- appear before the Supreme Court? It's like, woo. Yeah. That's like, hmm. yeah. <laughs> I got to have my stuff together. <laughs> yeah, you got to you got to kind of be prepared. I've had a couple cases in in uh, in front of the Supreme Court, and you 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 really do have to be prepared. Sure. Now, do you have any memorable cases? I mean, one that just like is just sits up there in the top for you. Um, I, I mean, did. You don't give names or anything, but yeah, right. Just, well, what's interesting? I represented the the National Rifle Association hired me some years back, and and I represented a local hunting club. I don't know if that hunting club is still around, and there was some extensive litigation over that. So that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. I had another case that went to the Tennessee Supreme Court and it helped I, I won't go into a lot of detail might bore the listeners but <laughs> it helped change the law in Tennessee on wrongful death and that was about three or four years ago and that was that was about five years of litigation and wow. so that that was pretty memorable and that mm-hmm. was that was pretty interesting right now you, you've been doing law for a while and here recently I guess you you made a run for judge of Sumner County and that's the that's the general sessions general court, sessions judge, which yes. handles a lot of just about everything, right? Correct. Okay. A lot of uh, a lot of criminal and mm-hmm. a lot of civil cases as well. Yeah, I tried to run for that. That was Judge Hunter. Is uh, he retired? And that's mm-hmm. um, General Sessions Division One. And I tried to run for that and um, came in second place in the Republican primary. Ron Bland ended up winning. Mm-hmm. So yes, that took up a that took up a lot of my time trying to run for that. Now I guess the first thing that comes to mind when you're running for like a judge and to be a judge, I mean mm-hmm. you've got to really have your knowledge together, <laughs> right? To to be able to, to to rule on these things and have such a, a vast knowledge of of the law, I mean it's got to be right. stressful. Yeah, you know you you do, and that's why you need to stay up to speed. And I kind of like the judges who say. Look, I don't know. Let me go research this. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as a judge, you don't really have to know. And a lot of the judges rely on the attorneys to provide them to do all, a lot of the legwork and research, mm-hmm. and to provide that to the judge. But you know, as a judge, you really don't 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 have to know everything. But you need to be willing to read and do your research and listen. 
So that's, those were the, the main qualities of a judge is, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think everybody wants to be treated fairly and everything right. else. But, you know, I guess you're in a position to also notify, you know, if you have an attorney that's it's pretty obviously that they're lacking right. in their knowledge <laughs> working with this client. Is that a thing? I mean, can you sidebar and say, look, need to get it together? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I guess you can. I've never had that done to me, thankfully. But, uh, you know, some judges are uh, a little more vocal about calling attorneys out if they're wrong and and some will i guess be a little more tactful and bring them to the side and (laughs) kind of admonish them yeah i guess being a a, a judge i mean once you you reach that now if you're let's say judge in general sessions can you also handle a different area of judgeship if you will um well and that's my layman's term i don't right well no no the to answer your question you couldn't because uh, if you're general sessions judge that's that's what you do full time and Mm. so you um no you're 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 limited to to what can come before the general sessions court and that would be misdemeanors and even some felonies but uh in some it, they used to call it small claims court for civil mm-hmm. matters you're limited on what you can award okay. somebody that comes there so right. yeah you're 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 limited to that well i know uh, my buddy key bryant mccormick i, I mm-hmm. talked to her a while back after she went in there, and she was uh, quite busy, let's just yeah, say that. Right. Yeah, judges stay pretty busy at every level. Yeah. Yes. And, and you know, I guess it's, come on, people, quit committing crimes. Yeah. You know, just get it together. Right. <laughs> you know, but that's, you know, that's never going to happen. Sure would make judges' lives easier. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of judgeship, so here recently, I guess, you've been uh, named the Hendersonville City Judge. Yes, I was recently appointed by Hendersonville Board of Mayor and Alderman to be the next Hendersonville City judge. I'm honored and humbled for that. Judge Curtis Lincoln unfortunately passed away in November, mm. and he was the judge since 1994, and so I'm just honored. I hope to hope to take that baton and serve as honorably as, as he did, and I have been an alderman. I was elected as Ward 3 alderman in 2018, re-elected in 2020, and because I was named judge, I'm going to have to resign. Yeah. So today, uh, as of Midnight is going to be my my. That's when I'm technically will no longer be an alderman. Right. So I'm going to have to resign. So that. I guess what that means is they're going to have to take uh, some applications for a interim alderman, which would be how long of a. Yeah, they're supposed to appoint my replacement in January, okay. and that would be to fill to um, fill my remaining term, and that would be until November of 24. Okay. Well, I have somebody I'm going to nominate. Okay. Her, na- her name is Sarah Edwards. I think she would be she would be perfect for that position. You would have to talk my wife into that. I'm uh, <laughs> I looked at it. I said, yeah, I would. She could. <laughs> yes, uh, you know, uh, maybe. I don't know. I may I may try to talk her out of it. So we may be both lobbying yeah, that's her. Funny. For, yeah. <laughs> she's seen what it takes, and um, I don't know if she wants any part of it. Yeah. Well, you know, as as an alderman, you, I mean, you've been there. You guys get to, to hear everything that goes on yeah. pretty much in the city, and mm-hmm. you you have to rule with what you you think your constituents want. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what people want as an alderman, somebody that's going to represent mm-hmm. them in in that particular ward. I think sometimes in the past that's kind of been forgotten, right? I mean, we have a lot of new aldermen in there mm-hmm. now. So it's kind of like almost starting over a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, I think it's good to have the history of the aldermen that have been there for a while mm-hmm. that can you know, pull in from past history of things that have happened. Right. Uh, but that's a lot of remembering. Yeah. <laughs> you got to remember stuff. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, I mean, that's what you always have. That's what I've always tried to do is is try to represent the best interests of my constituents. And I'd listen to them if they reached out to me and um, or what's in the city's best interest. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a matter that's outside of my ward, you always have to try to try to keep the, the citizens what they want and the best interests of the city right. at heart. So, yeah, and yeah. it is a lot of information. There's sure. a lot that come that came before us. Now you were at Ward Three. What is what? Where is that ward located? It's Mansker Farms off okay. of Center Point Road, and it's kind of a horseshoe. It goes Mansker Farms, and then from the hospital, all the way down New Shackle to Main Street. Okay. So that whole area. And actually, when we redistricted Ward Three, is has picked up Glenbrook. Oh, so it's going to be Glenbrook as well. Okay, it, it was just it is now that that's what was added to it. So well, you know, a lot of people question that Glenbrook area over mm-hmm. there. I mean, you were right there in it, and you know what uh, what the concerns are, and you know, one thing that comes to mind, of course, is that traffic that goes through. Oh my gosh, it's uh, you know, it's just amazing. Well, it is bad. Like turning out of Chick Fil A is difficult. I oh. drive by there every day, and I was hoping to see. Um, I'm I'm hoping maybe the city will try to do something. I was hoping to to um, take on a project there to try to to help with the traffic uh, mm-hmm. but that will be the next war three representatives um, job and uh, I hope to see that done because yeah traffic through there is is uh, is bad and there's many projects you know throughout the city that you know the aldermen have to, to address and, and deal with we have a lot more to talk with you about as well so we're going to take a break real quick and, and we'll be right back with more Sumner County Spotlight Thanks for listening to Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program heard each and every Sunday right here on WHIN. Or you can listen on our podcast page at whinradio.com. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this program, reach out to me, Jeff Shannon, at jeff at whinradio.com. And welcome back to Sunday Morning. We're going to continue our conversation with Attorney Russ Edwards, or should I say Judge uh, Russ Edwards now. That kind of has a ring to yeah. it. i got to get used to that. People call me Judge. I'm looking over my shoulder like, yeah. is there a judge behind me? I got, well, I, I guess I'll get used to that yeah. title. So, And we talked a little bit about, as being the new Hendersonville City Judge, kind of what that entails. Mm-hmm. What does that job actually mean? Yeah, so we hold court every Tuesday. It is uh, any violation of a city ordinance comes before the city judge, and it's probably 90% of it is traffic violation, speeding, texting while driving. And where was that? Where the court going to be held? At it's, City Hall? No, it's going to be the old City Hall, and for those not familiar, it's behind McDonald's. It's between McDonald's and the police department. Okay. They hold court there. Oh, I did not know that. Yep, they do. But yeah, it's and some of it can actually be noise violations or any kind of uh, city ordinance codes violations. They hear some of, and even there, there's been some cases of short-term rental violations. Okay. So that comes before that would come before before me now as the um, Hendersonville City Judge. What about landlord tenant? Deal with that at all? Not really, because okay. that's more that would go with before general sessions, because that's okay. more of like an eviction right, and it. city yeah. Yeah. something. So, so as I guess with city violations and ordinance violations, things like that, of course, whatever fines and things like that would be held right here in the city. Correct. Okay. That that is collected by the city and used for the city mm-hmm. goes into the city coffers. Okay. Well, and and the good thing, you know, you're getting a ton of money to be city judge. Well. <laughs> I'm just joking. We know that. Well, <laughs> but the good thing is you were able to maintain your practice. 
Correct. Okay, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm able to. That's what um, drew me to want to do this to not only the the not only serve the community in a different mm-hmm. aspect, but be able to maintain my law practice because city court's only one day a week, so I can continue to to uh, help people as as an attorney and represent clients. Sure. Well, I got to say, uh, and you were one of my favorite aldermen when you were in there. And, <laughs> you tell I'm, all the aldermen that I know. <laughs> yeah. You're my favorite. Yeah. You're my favorite. You get a car. No. But I, you were just always very level-headed. You didn't get oh, upset. You didn't hear wow. the things come in. I know it had to be boiling in a lot of these cases, but you can handle yeah. this. And I think as an attorney, you're going to need to, to have that because right. you're going to have things come before you that are possibly stressful. Right. You've got people that are stressed right. out. Yeah. You're going to be able to calm them down because you have a calming voice and you know, you're well, logical and you know it's going to be fair. Well, I appreciate you saying that. And there, there is a certain personality to be a judge and and I think not judge Judy type of judge. Right. <laughs> yeah, it may it may feel like judge Judy sometimes, <laughs> but um but yeah, being alderman I think has been um good for the the next step of being judge because you do need to sit and listen and that's what people want sure. in, in city council or judge is just hear them out, listen. And mm-hmm. so uh it does take a certain temperament I think to be a a good judge and you mm-hmm. need to because people that are coming to court no one wants to come to court. No one mm-hmm. wakes up and wants to come to tr- take off work, come to traffic court mm-hmm. so people are mad already frustrated maybe mm-hmm. and and you really have to kind of be calm and and you know understand that they don't they don't want to be there but you have to balance that with upholding justice i mean mm-hmm. you need to they if they violate a violate a law they need to to come to court and so so you just really need to uh, i think the best judges are the most are even keeled and can be calm and not fly off the handle but right. you have to be firm i mean you have to balance that with, with being firm too and maintaining sure. control of your courtroom well and two you're going to have to face things where everybody's a videographer now so they're yeah. going to bring their video to court. Right. And a lot of times, I've heard in the past, that can really backfire on them because it actually shows them that they actually did commit the violation. Right. They think they didn't, but so it can right. go against them. Yeah. Well, can they submit video in regards to their violation? You know, that could be part of the evidence if they have any kind of video. Mm-hmm. Um, now, they, do they have to submit that ahead of time, or is it just something, Judge, I've, I've, I've got video right. of this, and then you look at it? and Well, that could just be part of their trial if they plead not guilty okay. to a um, traffic violation or any kind of ordinance violation. They could certainly put that as part of their proof. When I say proof, that could be part of their evidence to say, okay. I have this evidence of this video, and that could, yeah, that, would, that could come in as evidence. Okay. So if they come in the first time and they plead not guilty, All right. no contest, whatever, yeah. you're not going to continue the court, you got to schedule them at a later date, or they do they continue right there? Yeah, what they do is, if you have a traffic or any kind of ordinance violation, you can plead not guilty. You would have to move that out to uh, get the officer there and have a trial, and you're found guilty or not guilty. And then if okay. you if you're or you could just plead guilty. And uh, it would be up to the judge to sentence, and that would be imposing fines. Or if you're eligible, you can go to traffic school and avoid if avoid having that on your record. Now, to get points on your – it has to be a moving violation, correct? Correct. Okay. It would have to be even uh, texting while driving. You, you could go to traffic school, and they hold that one Monday night a month. And they you would also have to do some uh, community service. Mm-hmm. Six hours or four hours, depending on where you go, and then you could get it dismissed, taken off your record. 
Would you designate where they go, or they have a choice to pick from here, here, or here, or that kind of thing? There is a list that the judge has, okay. of, uh, and the clerk would provide that to anybody who wants to take advantage of that, and they can uh, they can pick where they want to go. Yeah, and if they can do that, they, but they cannot have had a ticket or gone to traffic school for the past three years. Well, you do have some folks out there that uh, like the habitual status. Right. <laughs> yeah. There are several that just it just keeps happening. Right. And you... You have the authority at that point as a judge to take their license away. Yeah, you can. As a judge, I mean, if, if it is habitual, mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, I would have the authority to take away their license for a certain period of time. Can they appeal that? Um, yeah, you can appeal it to circuit court. Okay. But the Department of Safety, if, you have en- if you've accumulated enough, enough points, the Department of Safety can suspend your license, mm-hmm. and that's out of the judge's control. Right. That's sure. up to the Department of Safety. It's a number of however many points, 12 points in a... 12-month period, I think. Yeah, I'd hate to see their insurance bill, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> Wouldn't be a pretty sight. It's just not worth speeding. Right. You know, no, just, just... absolutely. Well, in Hendersonville, uh, you know, the, we complain about the traffic, which is really nothing compared to downtown or other cities. It, it still sometimes gets pretty frustrating. You get, right. uh, mm-hmm. you know, some road rage situations. You yeah. get some people that are just not patient. And, you know, nobody wants to sit there at, at Walton Ferry and Main Street <laughs> going through that red light. You know, it's just, it's a bogged down spot. Do you have any input in that as far as if you're seeing a lot of incidents happening in one spot? Do you have any voice or can you go before BOMA and... I mean, yeah, that's... um, That's kind of deep right there, but... Yeah, I mean, you you can... uh, There's always try to, you know, there's um, city council. We've always tried to alleviate a lot of the traffic problems in our, it's, there's only so much a lot we can do. Mm -hmm. Because you're dealing with TDOT. Right. (laughs) It's taken 20 something years to get the um, old shack or it's the, yeah, the old shackle and Walton Ferry alignment Mm -hmm. almost 20 years. So that's, that's that's, that would help with traffic but it's just it's very difficult to widen a road or even get a a, a traffic light mm-hmm. or any kind of measures like that and it looks like they started doing some of that took down the old bank and you know right they, they've started it but it's just not progressing and i know it's just it's a money thing yeah it yeah. is in t dot it's really in control of t dot but we uh we're it's moving it's going to happen soon mm-hmm. um so I was hoping it would happen, but while I was on Boma, but uh, unfortunately, I guess it'll it'll be someone else. It could be up to Sarah to deal yeah. with it. <laughs> if you can She's talk going, her, if you can talk her into it. She's going stop, stop. Yeah, right. <laughs> funny, funny. But well, and, and you you spent several years on Boma, so you you kind of know what's been going on here in the city, mm-hmm. and a lot of great things have happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Boma has made a lot of great decisions. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of businesses that are coming here. Mm-hmm. We have a new uh, economic development director, a, a new uh, city administrator. Right, you, you were involved in all of that. Yeah, I think that's one of the the best things that has happened is we've gotten the new chief of operations, Jesse Eckenroth, mm-hmm. and I got to see that from the the very beginning because that was very controversial getting the city administrator. Yeah. That was that took up um, a lot of time uh, as soon as I got on in 2018, and it was a rocky path. But eventually, we got to the chief of operations, and he's done a great job. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the one of the best things that's happened to the city in a long time. Which, by the way, next week I have I get to do your new photograph. 
Okay. Of course, that one we did last time, well, I thought it was a great shot yeah. of you. But uh, yeah, you know, Erica wants a new one, so okay. we'll, I think we're we're set for this coming Tuesday. Okay. At some, and she'll, she'll let you know. But yeah, I think so. Looking just forward. Very to it. minimal. Yeah. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Because I'm known as the virtual cosmetic surgeon. Yes. And I am running a special right now on mullets. I know you okay. would like a mullet, and uh, you know, as a uh, new city judge. <laughs> yeah. Or just put any hair up here. You know, whatever, whatever, whatever you want to do, just Photoshop some hair. So you know, I thought it was uh, quite interesting that you're also an avid runner and yes. you you participate in a lot of these these big runs mm-hmm. you do the downtown one the big um, one i've done that twice oh, really? the uh the the country music or whatever they call it saint jude rock mm-hmm. and roll marathon mm-hmm. i've done that twice but lately i've i've stuck to a lot of the local races okay we'll have the the half marathon put on by rotary mm-hmm. I, I've, I've sponsored that run in it i help help out with it in our rotary club so uh and that one and i ran in the frostbite 10k the ymca so that was fun and uh we have the memorial day classic and there's one i think it's the labor day run i forget what they call that but uh, i've been sticking to a lot of the local mm-hmm. ones but i've i've run a lot of marathons and i don't know how you do it <laughs> <laughs> just one foot in front of the other uh, well, you yeah now you also ski because you just spent some time up in virginia did you not yeah my family and i we went to west virginia and okay. skied. it was we don't do it a lot we um, go once every year once every other year yeah it's so. hard to get two inches of powder yeah. here you're not going to get very far no <laughs> not much skiing here in tennessee now you can go down to country hills golf course you hit that, yeah. that ramp down there that's a pretty good run it is a good run so I, <laughs> I might have to do that i don't know if they would the city would like that very much yeah. but well i think i think it's great that you know you're staying active and you got to keep in shape and one thing that just popped in my head: Do you get to wear the robe? I do. I have or I have one. So you have to do your inauguration picture and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Apparently, you're going to take a picture of me with the robe on. So yeah, I get to wear it. Uh, Curtis yeah. Lincoln always had one. Some city judges don't want a robe, but I I decided to get one. I think okay. it uh, adds to more of the. Now are they going to give decor? you a new one or a hand me down? I ordered a new one. Oh good. So yeah, <laughs> I got the new one. Uh, Curtis was a little taller than me, so I don't know. Or I, <laughs> I, I don't good. know if I could have used his. It's a big job ahead of you, and you know, it's, I think it's going to be an asset for the city i think they're going to you know appreciate with what you do and and the fact that you can continue your practice right. is your dad still working with you he is okay he, he and i still practice still together, do it right? and you're quite quite involved in the community so you are you in rotary and i am the, yeah. hendersonville morning rotary okay. club yeah it's uh, yeah i enjoy uh being active and involved in the community i love this community and i just i, I like being part of it and yeah. being uh helping out and you have a porch for porch fest yours yeah. is one of the more popular porches right yeah. Yes, yeah, the Lancaster Building, right on Main Street, the Edwards and Edwards Stage. So mm-hmm. that, that's always a fun event. We mm-hmm. we have a good time with Porch Fest. That's usually typically done in June. Well, I know uh, Julie and Ginger are actively, uh, mm-hmm. you know, working this thing and right. trying, even trying to make it bigger and better. So right, we'll see what happens. I hope so. Yeah, it's always fun. Well, and you know, music is kind of a thing for Hendersonville. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of great things, you know, coming up the pike here for Hendersonville, and we're just so excited to have you be a part of this. And congratulations on being a great alderman, because you you were one of the the great aldermen. Well, so you'll be. I don't legendary. know about that, but I appreciate you saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Tell Sarah and the kids we said hello, and we'll do you know we appreciate them putting up with it. Okay. <laughs> yes, they need all the thanks because they have had to put up with a lot. Some a lot of my me being gone late at night, and mm-hmm. so I just I appreciate their support. We've been talking with Russ Edwards. He's a new Hendersonville city judge. And of course, with Edwards and Edwards right here in Hendersonville. So Russ, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Appreciate it.
All right, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of Sumner County Spotlight. Your host, Jeff Shannon, right here. We'll be back next week with more of Sumner County Spotlight. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening.